0: Welcome to the Building a Story Brand Podcast, where we believe if you confuse, you'll lose, noise is the enemy, and creating a clear message is the best way to grow your business. I'm your host, Donald Miller. I'm joined by my co-host, J.J. Peterson. Hello, J.J. Hi, Don. (laughs) You know what? Me saying I'm joined by my co-host, J.J. Peterson, Uh hello, J.J., and you saying hi, Don, has become automated behavior
1: it has you yeah. just do it well actually what the automated behavior is as soon as you start introing I just start <laughs> smiling
0: <laughs> and then we start laughing because really and we happy. don't know why
1: I get really happy when we're together so.
0: but this episode is about automated behavior yeah and part of the premise is yeah. really about how to break automated, break automated behavior automated, yeah but first of all, we got to tell everybody, we just automatic people. We just automatically yeah. do things without thinking about them.
1: Yeah, there's like a cue, and then there's a routine. So,
0: and then a reward, yeah. and that creates habit. Yeah. But anyway, you told a story about Procter & Gamble, and this, yeah. this made so much sense to me. As soon as you said it, I went, that's exactly what I do.
1: Yeah, a friend of mine used to work for Procter & Gamble, and he worked in their research department about no. buying habits for people, and they found that you actually, when you walk into a grocery store that's familiar, when you're in a familiar environment, you actually Make decisions from your subconscious. You go into kind of that habit. When you enter into habit form and familiarity, your heart rate actually drops a little bit, your breathing slows, you become more relaxed. And when you're in that familiar environment, you actually continue to make the same decisions you've always made. So when you go to the grocery store that's familiar, Mm -hmm. you'll do the same route. You'll get milk, you'll get bread, you'll get cheese, you'll go in there around. I I
0: literally could map it out. Yeah,
1: and you'll come back. That's why sometimes when you're driving home and you're supposed to go. pick up the kids but you end up home you know first yeah, like yeah, you yeah. like forget cuz you you drive from you make those decisions so familiarity actually breeds habit and so when you go into a grocery store when they have those displays in the front when you walk in that like highlight a sale yeah 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 what that is meant to do It's not actually really meant to t- In some ways Just highlight the sale It's meant to wake you up Out of your subconscious So you're seeing
0: something different That different. wasn't there yesterday It's
1: unfamiliar And once yeah. you're unfamiliar You actually wake up And you're forced to make a decision When you walk in And you see That Cadbury mini eggs Are on sale Right at that front You have to make a decision Then you
0: get a dozen how of those How many and do, do I buy the chicken eggs yeah. <laughs>
1: yeah exactly <laughs> How many of those do I buy It's not do I buy or not It's how many do I buy And the
0: point Is the point of that illustration is that a ton of the bad decisions that we make, a ton of procrastination, a ton of unhealthy decisions, a ton of decisions that make us less productive, they're all habitual decisions. We're on autopilot. Yeah. And Mel Robbins is our guest today. She's written a book called The Five-Second Rule, and she basically is going to teach us to take five seconds and break those habits and even create new habits that are more healthy. It sounds like a lot of self-help stuff, and this isn't a self-help podcast, except I really believe in our businesses and our lives I believe what she's saying is true. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That, that if you just go, wait a second, I'm going to count down from five, and I'm not going to do this thing I normally do. I'm going to do something else that's more healthy. She claims it's changed her entire life. Yeah, and not just so. her life, her business. She's got a great book out. It, she's a real success story, and I tend to think a lot of people are just wired that way, and she claims, I wasn't wired that way, I changed my wiring. Yeah, Yeah, It's a compelling story. Yeah, yeah. And I like her. Can five seconds really change your life? Mel Robbins is an entrepreneur, best-selling author, award-winning CNN legal analyst. She's a lawyer, too. Yeah. Contributing editor of Success Magazine. She's best known for inventing the life-changing five-second rule that you're going to hear about now. Her TEDx talk on the five-second rule has had more than 10 million views. It's an honor to have Mel Robbins, and I don't think we should wait any longer. Here's my interview with Mel Robbins. Mel Robbins, thanks for being on the podcast.
2: Well, thank you for having me.
0: Listen, as soon as I read this uh, thought that you had that motivation is completely garbage, I knew that we would be friends.
2: Well,
0: how's that? Do you believe the same thing? I'm starting to, because motivation tends to work. These little motivational ideas, uh, books and stuff, they tend to work for me for about a week, and then I find myself uh, right back where I was before. I'm, I'm a productive person, don't get me wrong, but I find that the best thing is just to get up and do the work every day and make it a habit, and so you've got some great stuff in this book, but what do you mean motivation is garbage?
2: Well, you know what? You're actually a genius, and you already gave the answer away. You said the million-dollar word. You said productive. There's a big difference between feeling motivated and being productive. And when I said that motivation is garbage, I was basically trying to point out this fact that nobody talks about, and that is that most of the time when you've got stuff that you need to do, you're not going to feel like doing it. Mm -hmm. And it's a major mistake in life to sit around and think that you need to be motivated first. It's also a major mistake to assume that at some point you'll feel motivated to do the things that will actually grow your business or increase your sales or even get your idea off the ground. And so what I really wanted to do was to spark a conversation around the fact that it's it's actually about productivity. It's about the ability to push yourself even when you don't feel like doing it. Look, if you're motivated... Good for you. That's fantastic. But most of us struggle with the feelings that you need in order to jumpstart. And so I'm trying to get people to realize that you should never wait around to feel like it, that life and business in particular is about pushing yourself to do the things that are uncomfortable, to do the things that you don't feel like doing so that you can achieve the results that you want.
0: You know, I learned a lot of that writing books. When I was young in my early 20s, I would only write when I felt like it. (laughs) You know, I'd find a coffee shop. (laughs) When I was in the mood, I'd put some music on my headphones. And that is an awfully slow way to write a book. And as soon as I got a deadline and they were going to put me in jail unless I turned that book in, man, it didn't matter if I was motivated or not. You had to sit down and write that book. And I noticed there wasn't any difference. Whether I was motivated to write or felt like writing that day, or I didn't feel like writing that day, the bottom line is I sat down and wrote and then slowly began to apply that to the rest of my life. But man, I'm not there. So you can actually help me in a lot of ways like you can a lot of our listeners. I mean, a lot of us are really tying some of our feelings in with our actual ability to get things done. And you seem to have conquered that part of life. Tell me how you did it.
2: So there's a couple things. First, I'm going to give you the insight, and then I'll tell you all the story about how it all happened. And, you know, because you just shared with us the story about writing books. And the one thing that I'll tell you is there's a big difference between the days where you pushed yourself and you had a deadline and you're going to jail if you didn't get it done and the days where you just kind of felt like doing it. You were more productive when you pushed yourself. You Mm -hmm. were more productive when you had a deadline over your head. And so it may feel good when you feel motivated, but the fact is the secret is all about not waiting for your feelings. So here's the one insight that will fundamentally alter how you view life, work, your business. And that is that we make about 35,000 decisions a day. Mm -hmm. And most of us don't even realize how we're making those decisions. I did a bunch of research around decision-making, and we'll get into the story in just a minute. But I discovered something I never knew. And look, I went to Dartmouth. I went to Boston College Law School. I've launched and sold two businesses. I've been pretty successful. This was information that was new to me about three years ago. And once I saw it, I was like, holy cow, this is unbelievable. Why did I not see this before? So the, what I'm about to share with you comes from research from a guy named Damasio, who gave this incredible TED talk. He's based in Brazil. He's a neuroscientist who studies how we make decisions, so the architecture of decisions. Now, we like to think that we make decisions based on our goals. We like to think we make decisions based on logic. We like to think that we make decisions based on what's best for our business. The fact is, 95% of the decisions that we make are based on how we feel in the moment. Hmm. And if you stop and think about it for just a second, you'll see that that's actually true. If you don't feel like going to the gym, you probably won't. If you have a list of phone calls that you need to make, whether it's to cold market prospects or maybe it's to a customer that's upset with you or, you know, maybe it's just somebody you need to call back. What Damasio, this neuroscientist, figured out after doing years of research is that the way we make a decision is that subconsciously, if we're staring at the phone, We tally in a nanosecond what we should or shouldn't do. We look at the facts, and then we ask ourselves a simple question. Do I feel like making the call?
3: Mm.
2: And if the answer is no, you're not doing it. It's just fundamentally how you're wired. And when I had this insight, I realized, holy cow, there are moments all day long where I'm making decisions without even realizing it, decisions that are being made by procrastination, decisions that are being made by fear, decisions that are being made by self-doubt. And, you know, that's impacting at a fundamental level my marriage, my body, the amount of money that I make. And if I take control in that same five-second window and I wake the heck up and I start making decisions fully awake, not based on how I feel in the moment, but based on the things that I want, based on my values, based on what I said I would do, what would change? Right. Well, it turns, but inside that five-second window... Your entire life and business, everything changes if you wake up and take control of that moment right before you're about to make a decision. And, you know, I mean on everything, whether or not you get out of bed on time, whether or not you get control and snap at your kids or you're kind to your spouse. And here's the thing that's interesting, is that in life, there is going to be stuff that happens to you. And in business, for sure, there is going to be stuff that happens to you. And the game and the skill and the magic in life is making sure that your emotions and your upset and your feelings aren't dictating what you do.
0: How did you come up with this five-second rule? I mean, I know the, the TED Talk helped you understand why your brain was kind of getting hijacked to do things that right. are, are really not great for you, but you preempted it. It sounds like, you know, in the conversation that your brain has with your other brain, you kind of stepped in and said, no, don't listen to that guy, listen to me.
2: So uh, 2008, my life looked very different than it looks right now. And right now, there's just a tremendous amount going on. In 2008, I was unemployed. And even scarier than that, my husband had gotten into the restaurant business, and it wasn't going so well. It wasn't going so well that we had lost our home equity line. We had lost the kids' college savings. The liens were hitting the house. We were facing Mm -hmm. bankruptcy. And I found myself at the age of 41, Living and waking up every morning in a complete state of shame and mm. embarrassment. And, you know, you talk about not feeling motivated. Holy cow. I mean, I didn't have confidence. I didn't have the courage. I didn't have the motivation required to face the hand that life had dealt me and that I had created, frankly. And I was struggling. And I was struggling with the smallest things. I was struggling with getting out of bed on time i was mm. struggling with drinking too much i was struggling with my emotions and snapping at chris and being angry and i felt ashamed all the time and what happened is that i started to see that i was really trapped i was trapped between knowing what i could be doing to change everything knowing that i could get up on time knowing that i shouldn't drink so much bourbon knowing that i should get to the gym knowing that i should look for a job knowing that Snapping at Chris and, and being angry at him wasn't going to solve our problems, and it certainly wasn't going to help our marriage. Hmm. And even though I knew what I should or could be doing, and I'm going to assert something, every one of you listening knows exactly what you could be doing to grow your business. You know what you could be doing to pivot and be an even more effective leader in your life and in business, but knowing's not enough. And so for a couple months, I really struggled with myself because I would do that thing we all do where I would say to myself, okay, now tomorrow you're going to change, tomorrow you're going to exercise, tomorrow you're going to eat healthy, tomorrow you're going to stop drinking, and then it wouldn't happen. And I was really spiraling downward. It, it was not good. And one night, I saw this commercial, and there was a rocket ship launching at the end of it, and I had this inner wisdom moment, this instinct. Kick in. And I just had this idea where, you know, I I got the answer, Don. I'm going to launch myself out of bed tomorrow morning like Hmm. a rocket ship. Now, it sounds like the stupidest thing in the world. And a lot of times, your inner wisdom, if you hesitate and you analyze and you overthink, you'll talk yourself out of doing anything that your inner wisdom tells you to do. So, for whatever reason, I listened. And the next morning, the alarm went off. And I'll tell you, nothing had changed. We still had lean on the house and zero dollars in the bank account. And I was still unemployed and Chris and I were still fighting, but I did this stupid, simple, turns out to be shockingly brilliant thing. <laughs> I started counting backwards like NASA when they launch a rocket. I laid in bed, the alarm went off. I didn't feel like getting up. Again, the feelings. I wasn't motivated to change. felt overwhelmed. I felt despair. I felt just you know, why bother? But I went five, four, three, two, one, and something weird happened. I stood up. And then the next morning, I used it again, and it worked again. And the next morning, I used it again, and it worked again. And then I noticed something that when I tell you this, it's one of those truths about life that when you see it, you can't believe you never saw it before. There is a five second window between the moment your inner wisdom speaks and your brain killing it. Wow. Your inner wisdom is there all day long. It's talking to you. It's telling you to make that phone call. It's telling you to go to that networking meeting. It's telling you to correct your tone. It's telling you to implement a new technology solution, even though you're not quite sure, but you feel it in your heart. It's telling you not to behave the way that you're behaving with your spouse. Mm -hmm. It's telling you not to drink so much. It's telling you to get control of your health. It's, It's giving you the guidance that you need. And the problem is, Within five seconds flat, most of us stop, we hesitate, we start to think, and then we get trapped upstairs, and it happens all day long. And so I simply started to apply the five, I called it the five-second rule. I never intended, never, to share this with anybody, because first of all, it sounds really stupid. (laughs) Secondly, it was my secret weapon. This is classified information, because I started to see (laughs) change happening immediately. Yeah. I would stand in the kitchen and say I should go to the gym. And I'd go, okay, 54321, let's go. I'd say I'd need to make this phone call, 54321. I'd do it. I'd say, you know what? I need to take my tapes from the radio days and submit them and get auditions going again. And I wouldn't feel like doing it. No motivation, but I'd go 54321. Now, this five second tool, the five second rule, I call it, helps me wake up. And make powerful decisions in five seconds flat that propelled my life forward. And as I started to see myself making the small decisions and taking the small actions that wake you up and that put you into action, my confidence started to build. Mm. And that creates momentum. And so I trained myself to stop being the kind of person that overthinks everything and become the kind of person that has a bias toward action.
0: Mel, you're describing a whole different kind of personality. Would you say that you changed you, you know, your operating system and thus your personality by just using this five-second rule? I mean, somebody who's biased toward thinking, somebody who's biased toward action are two different people. How long did it take you before you recognized yourself as somebody who was biased toward action from somebody who was biased toward thinking? A week. A week.
2: Oh, I I have transformed my life. When you ask if I'm a fundamentally different person, the answer is yes. And the reason why is because I have self-control, 100%.
0: We'll be back with my interview with Mel Robbins in just a moment. listen, if you are tired of wasting enormous amounts of money on marketing, then you're probably where I was a few years ago. Here's what happens, and here's why most marketing is a complete waste of money. You know you need a new website. You keep thinking you don't even want customers to go to your website because it's just so bad. And so you go to a graphic artist or a designer or even an ad agency. You trust them with your website. They have a little Q&A that lasts for about an hour. They send you some sort of prototype beta website. You look at it. It's beautiful. It reflects you so well. You can't wait for the public to see it. You pay them a bunch of money. You launch that website and you see no increase in sales. None. It was a waste of money. Why was it a waste of money? Well, here's why. Because whoever laid out that website probably has a degree in design or a degree in Photoshop or whatever, but they've never studied copy that sells. They've never studied the words that we're supposed to use to sell things. Listen, people don't buy things because they see a pretty image on a website. They buy things because they heard something great about the product or they read something great about the product that made them want to buy the product. If you haven't worked on the words that are on your website, you're probably making a lot of mistakes. You're probably, one, using way too many words. Nobody wants to read that many words. You're probably using the wrong words. You're probably not talking about your product in a way that will make customers want to engage. I've got a free resource that will help you fix that problem. Just go to 5minutemarketingmakeover.com. 5minutemarketingmakeover.com and you're going to leave with a checklist of all the things that you can do to fix your website and even take to your graphic artist or your design agency and yell at them and say, why are you guys breaking these obvious rules? You're wasting my money. Kick them in the pants a little bit. Fix your marketing. Get marketing that works. Go to 5minutemarketingmakeover.com Let's break it down. So you've got in your book here on page 113, you start breaking this down a little bit. First, you'll learn the secret to improving your health. And then you go on. Second, you'll learn how to increase your productivity. Third, you'll dive into a subject that plagues us all, procrastination. Actually, if you don't mind, I'd like to hear some wisdom on each of those. How do you use this to improve your health? Let's say I have a friend (laughs) who's driving down the street and the donut shop light is on. Give me the five-second rule to keep my friend, we'll call him Ronald, from going into that donut shop?
2: Well, here's the simple truth. Dieting and exercise is about five-second decisions that you make all day long. Yeah. And so I'm telling you right now, even though Ronald feels (laughs) like having a donut, (laughs) his inner wisdom is telling him he's not supposed to. So what you do is you go five, four, three, two, one. And, you know, it sounds stupid, but let me tell you the science. When you count backwards, it requires focus.
3: Hmm. Counting
2: backwards is also an action. So instead of having your habit of blowing off your diet and pulling into the donut shop takeover, which is a habit loop that's encoded in your basal ganglia, that's the reptilian part of your brain, by counting backwards, 5, 4, 3, 2, 1, you've immediately asserted control, you've immediately interrupted the habit loop that's encoded in your brain, and more importantly, you've awoken your prefrontal cortex.
0: So you're back in charge.
2: Yeah, that's the part of the brain that's active when you're changing behavior, when you're learning something new, or when you're directing your thoughts. So instead of letting your brain hijack you and sabotage you, you've actually used the metacognition technique to switch the gears in your mind and make changing easy. There's actually a story near the end of the book of a woman who was driving home on a Friday night from work, Mm -hmm. and she talks about the fact that she saw the familiar cars, at the bar, and all she felt like doing was pulling in after a long week at work and having a few pops and laughing off the week. But she went five, four, three, two, one. And she talks about the fact that it was a white knuckle drive past that bar.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: And she said, but when she got a little bit further down the road and finally got home, it felt like a victory because she had taken control of her behavior. And what did she do when she got home? Well, she started attacking a project around launching a business, something that she would have otherwise blown off in five seconds by letting her habits take over. So any time that you want to change your health, it is about mining and being mindful and masterful about the small five-second decisions that either improve your health or sabotage your health.
0: I love it. I mean, it's so simple. You actually say in the book, it's not easy, but it is simple. You say you can also use the rule to pull yourself away from destructive behavior like gambling, drinking, drugs, impulsive behavior, Mm -hmm. like micromanaging your team, snapping in frustration, and binge-watching too many TV shows. You can see how applicable this is.
2: As of March 1st, we know of 12 people who have stopped themselves from killing themselves. Wow. A guy on March 1st, you can see in my Twitter feed, he tweeted us, who's now been going back and forth, he was about to end it all, had taken three of the pills in his vial... His inner wisdom, inner wisdom is always with you. I don't care how low you get. He's three pills in to the prescription bottle. His inner mm-hmm. wisdom is saying to him, this is not the answer. He went five, four, three, two one, honest to God. He got in his car, he drove straight to his doctor's office, He handed him the prescription bottle, told the doctor what was going on, and got the help. And now, five second decisions at a time, he is rebuilding his life by being mindful of the decisions that he's making and by having now a direct line to that inner wisdom that is always rooting for you. And the truth is that you change your life one decision at a time. And you're one decision away from a totally different marriage. And I don't mean leaving the person you're with. I mean, changing who you are. You're one decision away from a different business. Because you can use this rule to gain the self-monitoring skills that are critical in leadership and in sales and in negotiation. Unless you have mastery over yourself and how to pivot so you can seize the opportunity and joy in your life, you ain't changing
0: Well, you talk about, in terms of business, you talk about productivity. You talk about using the five-second rule in the latest research on focus, productivity, and your brain. There's a particular fact in there about the snooze button and how it impacts your productivity that will really surprise you. Will you tell us, what is this idea about the snooze button that will surprise us?
2: So a lot of us focus on when we get up. That is not as important as focusing on how you get up. Let me Mm. explain. When you hit the snooze button, you don't realize it. You think you're catching a little bit extra sleep, but you're actually impacting your productivity in a very negative way for up to four hours after you wake up. Here's what you need to know about how we sleep. When you sleep at night, you sleep in 75 to 90-minute cycles you fall asleep, you start a 75 to 90-minute cycle. Then you start another 75 to 90-minute cycle. Then maybe it's 2.30 and you get up and go to the bathroom. I mean, I'm almost 50, so that's happening to me almost every single night for crying out loud. <laughs> and you go back to bed, and it's like a 75-minute cycle. About two hours before you're about to wake up, Don,
3: mm-hmm. your
2: body stops sleep cycles. Your body goes into a mode where it starts to almost thaw out and wake itself up slowly. Hmm. When your alarm goes off, Your brain is now in a state where it's ready to start the day. If you hit the snooze button and you fall back asleep, what do you suppose you just started again?
0: A new sleep cycle.
2: A 75-minute sleep cycle. Wow. Exactly. Do you ever notice that if you're sleeping on the weekends and the alarm goes off and you just turn it off completely, you always sleep for at least an hour and you never intended to? Mm -hmm. That's your body completing a sleep cycle. What happens when you hit the snooze button is you fall back asleep, your body starts a 75 to 90-minute sleep cycle, and then you shock yourself awake 15 minutes later. The cortic region of your brain is stuck in a sleep cycle, and what they've figured out in studies is that it takes you at least four hours for your brain to snap out of it.
3: That wow. has
2: a impact on how focused you are. So what is the advice? Don't ever... Hit the snooze button if you have to get up and you've got work to do because you are inhibiting your brain's ability to process quickly, to remember things, and to focus and do strategic thinking.
3: Hmm. The better
2: advice, even though you're not going to be motivated, even though you're not going to feel like it, the better advice is to actually the alarm goes off, five, four, three, two, one, get up. If you have trouble, kind of, most of us will kind of be awake within two to three minutes of brushing our teeth. You can always hop in a cold shower. On days that I travel like crazy and maybe I've gotten into a city late at night and I've got to wake up again and I'm not fully rested, I'll just stand in a cold shower for literally two seconds because that's all that I can bear, and it snaps you right away. Way better for your brain. If you're the kind of person that has a habit of hitting the snooze button and then you complain because you think you didn't get enough sleep and you're kind of groggy and you feel yeah. kind
0: of
2: tired, that's not lack of sleep. You're suffering from sleep inertia. Your cortic region isn't out of the sleep cycle yet.
0: Totally fascinating, completely believable. And I think we can all identify with that. The last year, you talked about procrastination. So 54321, drive by the donut shop. 54321, jump out of bed. 54321, get done whatever you need to get done.
2: Well, you know, here's the thing to understand about procrastination. So first of all, I think it's important for everybody to understand what procrastination is, and most of us don't realize it. Procrastination has nothing to do with work. Procrastination is a misdirected stress reliever. So let's say that in your life you're arguing with your spouse, or maybe you're worried about mom because your dad died and and you're worried about mom living alone and you're thinking about the nursing home or Maybe you're worried about the new head of sales that you need to hire, bigger stress issue. So you get to work, and instead of diving in and focusing on the Excel spreadsheets that you need to look at, you find yourself watching the highlights from last night's game or checking out cat videos. The reason why you're procrastinating is not because you don't want to do the Excel stuff, it's because you have greater stressors going on. So you, when you're not paying attention, You reach for things that give you a quick hit of dopamine. You reach for things that make you feel good because you're trying to give yourself a break from the overall stress that you feel. Now, we know that it backfires because the more that you blow off work, then the more stress you get about work. The only way, and I mean the only way, to break the habit of procrastinating is to create a habit of starting. that you're in control of the behavior. And in fact, scientists and psychologists and neuroscientists have a fancy word for this. They call it creating a starting ritual. That's the word, starting ritual. Now, the five-second rule is a starting ritual because it's an action, because you're counting backwards, and because it triggers you to move. So what you do is when you feel yourself procrastinating... That's a moment of great power because you just woke up and you caught yourself doing something that normally you don't pay attention, you know, and you just kind of do it as a habit. Right. So you realize you're procrastinating. Go five, four, three, two, one, and work for just five minutes. Just five minutes. Wow. That's it. Now, what we know in studies is that if people start working, more than 80% of them continue working beyond the five or six minutes that they committed to starting. So it's a good way to trick yourself, but here's the deal. If you only work for five minutes, that's cool, too. Then watch last night's highlights. Now, why am I saying that? My desire is to put you in control of yourself
3: Hmm.
2: so that you're the one that's directing behavior. Instead of having procrastination as a habit take over when you're not paying attention, you're now very mindful, you catch yourself when you're engaging in behavior that sabotages your success and happiness, Right. Five, four, three, two, one. interrupt the habit, direct your behavior, then be in charge of rewarding yourself. What'll happen over time is the more that you interrupt the behavior, over time you'll break the habit altogether and you'll be the kind of person that I've become where you default to action. So, you know, it's all about interrupting and catching the behaviors that don't serve you and pivoting and directing yourself to act in a way that's aligned with your values and goals so that you get what you want.
0: And I love what you're saying too, Mel, in the sense that you keep doing this stuff and you're you actually change so where you don't have to fight that hard to make good decisions. Is that what you're saying? I mean, Yeah, totally. It's leaving the atmosphere. It's changing your habits and doing the hard work up front and leaving the atmosphere.
2: Yes, and here's the thing, because in life, you cannot control the things that might trigger you, right? Right. But you can always control how you think and what you do in response. And so, again, like teaching people that it's garbage to sit around and wait for motivation because nine times out of ten, it's not going to be there when you need it. That the skill in life is about pushing yourself to act when you don't feel like it. The same is true about this idea of instead of, focusing on trying to make everything perfect and never having anything go wrong, master the skill of directing your thoughts and actions, no matter what happens, because that's where the power is. I mean, look at the end of the day, I want to sell a million books. And the reason why I want to sell a million books is because I believe that means 20 million people will be using the rule. And if I know of 12 people that have stopped themselves from killing themselves Hmm. then that multiply that, that out making a difference. Yes. And the other thing is, is that, of course, this works for procrastination. This is also helping people stay sober. This mm-hmm. is also helping people fix their marriages because they are in control of their behavior instead of going home and acting like a jerk and taking everything out on the people they love. It's also helping people double their sales, triple their sales. There's a guy by the name of Keith Pike that we feature in the book. And this is a story that everybody in business should pay attention to. In 2015, he entered the real estate business, and he was a first-time realtor. This was all new to him. He also learned the five-second rule, by the way. In 18 months flat, the guy has gone from zero in little old Arkansas to recruiting 50 agents and opening three offices. And at this year's REMAX conference, which was last week, the global conference, he was awarded the Net Agent Gain Award for the global organization. Why? Because selling isn't about thinking. It's about doing. And if you look at the phone, that tells me you're not calling. If you're thinking about getting out and prospecting, that means you're not doing it. And so when you start to use the five-second rule to catch your habit of overthinking and to teach yourself to be the kind of person that, oops, there's my instinct, walk over to that person and introduce myself, Oops, there's my instinct, I'm procrastinating and again, redirect myself, it's a tool for self-coaching. You got everything you need. You got this podcast that you listen to all the time that gives you all the wisdom of the world. You got your inner wisdom coaching you. Now you need this tool to be able to push yourself and more importantly, to get your brain to switch gears so that your prefrontal cortex is working for you instead of letting the reptilian brain work against you.
0: Well, Mel, this is terrific. You remind me of the days I I used to write fiction a little bit, and there was this rule when you were writing fiction that your characters had to do things. Your characters couldn't sit around and think things. They had to do things because nobody reading a novel gets to know a character or understands them or starts to care about them or gets engaged in a character based on what they think. It's only on what they do. And I remember learning that rule and thinking it was the same as true in life, that at our funerals, they won't go... Boy, Mel Robbins had some great thoughts, and she sat around thinking some great (laughs) things. And they won't say Don was a good daydreaming. (laughs) It's all based on our actions. So if anything, you just helping us take action, that alone helps change our lives. But you know, I'm grateful that you would take the time to share this with us and uh, preempt some of the procrastination and lack of productivity and unhealthy decisions that we're going to make. This rule makes complete sense to me. The book is called The Five Second Rule by Mel Robbins. You can get it on Amazon or anywhere you buy books. Make sure you check it out. Mel, thank you so much for spending some time with us.
1: Thank you. Like we talked about in our interview with Mel Robbins, motivation in and of itself is not enough. You actually have to act on things. And we have provided a worksheet for you to be able to download and actually begin implementing what we talked about in the interview with your business, with relationships, with your life. And you can go to buildingastorybrand.com slash worksheet that's buildingastorybrand.com/worksheet, and you can download a tool that is going to help you apply some of this stuff right now. And some of you may even, after listening to that, be a little hesitant. So I'm going to do this with you. Ready? Five, four, three, two, one. Download it. Get it. Start applying it now. That's buildingastorybrand.com/worksheet.
0: All right, JJ, what do you think? <laughs>
1: well, I'm a little upset <laughs> that uh, you brought donuts up in there, but okay, you know, I know, I know. Five, four,
0: three, two, one. Five four three two, five, five, four, three, two, two one.
1: Five,
0: <laughs> <laughs> four, three, two, one. <laughs> That's uh, what I want to ask her. Like, uh, how often do you do it? And
1: how fast? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah what,
0: if, what do I? Does the cadence make a difference? Do I
1: say something to you right now? Five, four, three, two, one.
0: <laughs> what do we do if we need six? Six, <laughs> five, four, three, two, one. So
1: they, no, it's, it's fantastic. 5 already. Just like using it, it's just interesting how quickly it starts to wake you up and you start making decisions a little bit differently.
0: Yeah, and, and all it is is don't get lost in your thoughts and go do something Yeah, that is not sitting here thinking, because you're going to lose that battle. Yeah. That yep. brain knows how to bring you down. Yes. <laughs> yes, it <does. laughs> yes, it does.
1: Yes, it does.
0: Well, that wraps up another terrific episode of the Building a Story Brand podcast. Music from this episode is from Andrew Bell. You can listen to Andrew's music on Spotify or on iTunes. Thanks, as always, for listening to the Building a Story Brand podcast, where we believe if you confuse, you'll lose, noise is the enemy, and creating a clear message is 54321, the best way to grow your business.